Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is the Dear Deirdre podcast with me, Sally Land, the Sun's resident agony aunt. Yes, we're taking the Sun's legendary agony aunt advice column from the page to podcast. Every episode, I'll be giving my advice on your real life dilemmas. We'll be covering everything from sex and relationships to money and careers to managing your mental health and much, much more. And I won't be doing it alone, as each week I'll be joined by special expert guests and some of your favourite celebs too. So, if you're struggling with a problem and feel like you need some advice, the Dear Deirdre team is here to help. You can send your problems to deardeirdre at the-sun.co.uk. We answer every single letter sent to us and there's no problem too big, too small or too embarrassing. But for now, it's on with the show. This week, we're taking a look at your well-being worries, where we'll be addressing your letters from a listener whose abusive boyfriend is crushing her body confidence. Stress levels reaching new heights as threatening geopolitics usher in new uncertainties. And we shed light on how you can take control of your anxiety for a healthier mindset. On this episode, I'm joined by two brilliant guests, psychotherapist and anxiety expert Joshua Fletcher. But you may know him better as Anxiety Josh and former Love Island star Shauna Phillips. They're both here with me now, ready and poised to pass on their expert advice and life wisdom. So, what are we waiting for? Hello, Shauna and Josh. Thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. For anyone out there who somehow managed to miss both of you, it'd be great to know just a little bit more about you. Can you tell us what you've been up to recently? Yeah, uh, thank you for having me on. I'm excited about uh, being part of this. So yeah, I'm a psychotherapist specialising in anxiety and anxiety disorders. You've got your conventional anxiety, which is worried about work, worried about first dates, worried about money, things external. But then you've got anxiety that can go inwards, like panic attacks, intrusive thoughts, severe social anxiety, health anxiety. And I kind of specialise in the broad kind of spectrum of anxiety got into it because I was diagnosed with anxiety in the past, panic disorder and OCD, generalized anxiety. I mean, I could go on with anxiety diagnosis, bingo, but basically yeah, it was a lot of anxiety. 
And then I written self-help books on it, latest ones, Untangle Your Anxiety, which came a US, UK bestseller. And I've put loads of things on Instagram and stuff, psychoeducation about it. Yeah, fantastic. And you've got very real first-hand experience of what those conditions mean, haven't you? So Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit anxious now, to be honest. I'm in a windowless room that's soundproofed as well. I can hear my own heartbeat. What's going on? How long is this going to last? <laughs> well, hopefully once we get into the conversation, you'll enjoy it. I'll be fine. Yeah. And Shauna, thanks for joining us today. You've become really well known for campaigning on body confidence and talking a lot about your own experience of lipedema. What would you say is you know, the most important thing that you're working on at the moment? I've been working on an app. It's a, a fitness and kind of nutrition plan that I have named Be You with Shauna. Mm-hmm. And it's all around kind of taking the pressure of working out and feeling good and the way you look, making them completely separate points. Because if you are just working out purely to try and better, quote unquote, your body image, then you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Mm. It's taken me a long time and a lot of kind of self-discovery to get to this point, but I had only realised all my life I'd been kind of battling... I wouldn't even say a weight issue because there was nothing wrong with my weight, but in my head there was. And I'd finally got to a few years ago, I was a size six, which was what I felt like I'd worked my whole life for. And I realized I wasn't happy and I still wanted to change things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I I don't like the way I look. And it was only then when I realized there is no happiness with a size or there is no happiness with an image. They are two completely different things. And it was freeing, it was it was freeing to kind of understand that. And I think there is so, so much misconception with how women feel about their bodies compared to what people think we feel about our bodies. And I'm just fed up of people telling us how we need to look. Yeah. Because there's so much more to us than what we look like. Yeah, I understand what you're saying about that being freeing. And I love the fact that with your platform, you're gonna be talking about diet, exercise but also a really strong pillar is the confidence working on that in tandem with the other yeah the other two it's true because there is nothing wrong with having a mcdonald's i know that when i have a mcdonald's i'm probably not going to feel that great after mm. i'm going to be a bit sluggish mm. but i'm not going to be taken out by a firing squad because i've had a mcdonald's yeah so fuel your body with things that will make you feel good but then also don't crucify yourself for every now and then having something that will make your your belly feel good yeah (laughs) yeah it's just a bit of acceptance isn't it yeah okay so i wanted to ask you both um if you're happy to answer it what is the lowest you've ever been when perhaps your anxiety has been at its highest for me i was in a big work meeting where i was meant to be presenting and I just completely froze. You know, it was, you could literally see the tumbleweed rolling down the room. And I mean, I completely bombed and walking out of that room at the end of the meeting, no one wants to even walk near you because no one wants to be next to someone who's bombing. And I definitely look back on that with real sadness because not one person came to see how I was. What? Yeah, so that was definitely my my lowest point. But you learn, you learn from moments like that, don't mm. you? So lack of humanity. <laughs> yeah, that's one yeah. way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, how about you? Ooh, 
I've got there's a selection of low moments. I think the one I'll use is my first ever panic attack. Now a panic attack is not because you you know you you're worried a bit. Panic attack is when you feel ultimately you're about to lose all control. Uh, you're about to die, something like that, and that's kind of what I specialize in. But my first ever one, I remember being at work and I was making a cup of tea and I just looked up and suddenly like everything just felt spaced out and weird. Something called derealization, depersonalization, but I didn't know what, there was a word for that. I didn't even mm -hmm. know I was anxious. Everything just felt weird. My hands didn't feel like mine. I used to look into the mirror and be like, what's that? What's going on there? People's faces look like clay. I was like, I've finally done it. I've broken my brain. You know, <laughs> It was gonna happen and today's the day. And actually, it was actually the beginning of a panic attack and um, derealization is a really common symptom. But obviously it's not really explained that often. And this was before kind of, you know, the emergence of things like positive social media that you could find it on now. So I kind of put on mine, but it was horrible. I was at work and then I went home and then I didn't leave the house for about six months. I developed agoraphobia, which is the fear of leaving a safe zone and mm -hmm. I'm doing air quotes and my safe zone was my house the end of my road I couldn't go to like the shop because it was too far away just in case I panicked yeah I couldn't go to the end of my garden just in case I panicked I couldn't stop thinking about how I felt and analyzing my body and mm -hmm. scanning it just in case I panicked and no one really kind of helped me because no one understood it was only after reading about it and finding out about it I was like oh oh I, I get it now I've developed a phobia of my own panic Mm. But that's probably one of the lowest moments where six months of just on a cycle of obsessing and fearing panic. It was a horrible, horrible time. But actually now it's nice. I've used it to my advantage. And since overcoming anxiety disorder, my confidence is through the roof. Nauseatingly yeah. so sometimes. <laughs> that's amazing. Six months of that and, and you've come out stronger. Thank you. Hats off. Well, you must have really... What was the prospect of lockdowns like for you? Lockdown for me was okay because my anxiety was dealt with the wrong word. I worked my anxiety a long time ago and since then became a therapist. So mm. I can kind of see what was happening. Yeah. But I was inundated since lockdown I can started. can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Things like my, um, honestly, things like my inquiries, my colleagues' inquiries for anxiety, depression, things wow. like agoraphobia, OCD, through the roof. People with intrusive thoughts, random weird intrusive thoughts. They went through the roof. The trend since the start was, the start of the pandemic was a trigger for a lot of people. Yeah, um, there's been studies, haven't there, where it was about one in five people would have described themselves as having high anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And that's jumped up to one in two since the pandemic. Oh, wow. So Incredible. it's just massive uplift yeah. yeah Sean are you happy to share yeah, when yeah. your moment of highest anxiety was yeah so I was in a horrendous relationship which I started about three weeks before my dad passed away right and I think subconsciously I was filling a, a void that I knew was coming right and it was a horrible horrible relationship but it almost stopped me from dealing with the grief because I was too busy dealing with this horrendous relationship. And I knew it was horrible and I knew I shouldn't have been in it, but it meant that I didn't have to deal with my other horrendous things going on in my life. And that relationship lasted for about a year and a half. The whole relationship was high anxiety. Like, I couldn't even go on my phone without feeling anxious, probably because I was being ignored for days on end. I couldn't tell my mum how bad it was because my right. mum would then say, you're not allowed to be with him anymore then. Mm -hmm. 
but I didn't want to not be with him because I didn't want to deal with my dad's grief. And I had a message from a fake Instagram telling me that I was being cheated on and I didn't tell anyone because I convinced myself it could have been my mum who right. sent me that message right. because she didn't want me to be with him. Yeah. Because it was easier to think that than to think I was actually being yeah. cheated on. And he told me that if I carried on asking him, he would then cheat on me, even though he was cheating on me. Mm. And I remember sitting in my front room, I hadn't told anyone that I'd got this message. My mum had the hump with me because she was like, why don't you respect yourself enough to not be with this person? He was ignoring me because he was just horrible. And I remember sitting in my front room thinking, how do I get out of this? Yeah. Why does my mum not know that I need her? Why can't she see this in me? Why is he being so horrible to me? Again, why do I deserve this? As yes. I've not been through enough. Like you said, I, I wish I could go back to that girl and, and just give her a cuddle because it does get better yeah. once you kind of let things go that you know are not serving you anything. And although I was delaying dealing with my dad's death, I was only delaying it. It was still going to eventually be there. Yeah. 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 So I think facing things head on. And although you shouldn't make decisions on emotions, you need to listen to your emotions. You you can't just blank them out because there's a reason you're feeling the way you're feeling. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, finding the middle ground. But that day, that yeah, that was a horrible time. Yeah. You were really put through the mill there. And... I was, but you know what? It's, it's, I've come out stronger yeah. and I feel like I give better advice. Yeah. I know what not to settle for. So I do feel like you learn from these times and these periods in your life. But yeah, I wish you didn't have to go through it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it is the life experience that yeah. gives us our depth, isn't it? It's true, yeah. Thank you. Well, it's time now for our first listener letter, which comes from a woman whose insecurities intensified during the pandemic. As we now gradually relax back into some normality, she is seeking the courage to get her confidence back again. Dear Deirdre, walking around in public, I see plenty of people relieved not to wear masks anymore, yet I would feel so vulnerable without mine. I never want to throw mine away. I'm a woman aged 39, but I look like I'm in my 70s and I'm very happy covering my face with a mask. I bought the biggest one I could find to help hide it. My weight ballooned in recent years and my skin is awful, spotty and dry. I have terrible rotting teeth, awful breath, and I can't bear to look at myself in the mirror. I had an awful breakup with my partner. He never said a kind word to me in our 10 years together. Now I'm single, I can't imagine anyone ever taking an interest in me. I love my job as a social worker, but last week my manager told me they were worried about me and wanted me to take some time off to get well. What should I do? So it's a really sad letter, mm. isn't it? She's actually using the, the mask as a comfort blanket. She's getting mm. some respite from anxiety over how she looks from the mask. What would you be saying to this, this lady, Shauna or Josh? I feel like there's been a lot of attention put on and like I said removing your happiness from your body image but that doesn't necessarily mean that self-love and self-care is frowned upon absolutely not we all like to make ourselves feel better we know that by getting a haircut or going to the dentist it does make us feel better and that's that's nothing to be ashamed of mm. so 
just spend some time on yourself. Treat yourself to some new shampoo or something that makes you feel like you're treating yourself because it doesn't sound like her ex-partner and, and things like that have been very kind to her. So we need to be kind to ourselves. We need to love ourselves because we have been through everything with ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, just treating herself, making herself feel special, not having to rely on anyone else to do that. But it's really sad that she feels that way. And I can almost guarantee it's not as bad as she thinks it is. I'm sure she doesn't look 70. Most people, a lot of people would walk past her and not think the things that she is thinking. Mm. We are our own worst critics. Yeah. But yeah, self-love, I would say, is a good starting point. Yeah, she needs to start with herself, doesn't yeah. she? How about you? Uh, first of all, I just want to say I appreciate you sending that in and asking that and then being brave enough to do that. There's a lot of kind of importance placed on, it's not just showing your teeth or your mouth, it's quite easy for your anxiety to pinpoint uh, all the problems on that. But it, it sounds a lot like you're afraid to show your vulnerability. And I don't blame you, you know, if you've been in a kind of marriage that's been devoid of kindness or full of unkindness, I don't know, I don't have to know more. But what happens is we naturally want to protect ourselves. Because if we're hidden, if we're perfect, if no one can see our flaws, no one can see us, and therefore we can't be criticized. What I say is I encourage you to lean into risk. Doing things like, you know, go to the dentist for health purposes. And actually, the risk is being that in order to receive kindness, which you deserve, you've got to risk the fact that some people are kind and some people aren't. I'm sure your dentist will be fine, and I'm sure the people at the dentist surgery will be fine if that's something that you need to do. But a lot of us, as a safety behavior, realize, well, if I just hide from the world, I can't have unkindness. And that's true, but that's at the expense of kindness as well. And you deserve kindness. And it sounds like after rubbish 10 years, really, you're owed some kindness. Also, as well, on a kind of practical note, and just kind of echo what Sean says, it's not going to be as bad as what you think. When we're really low on self-esteem, it's a very common phenomenon to see ourselves dismorphed you know and it's not just our whole figures we can see ourselves dismorphed in minute details we can even hear our voices slightly dismorphed we'll magnify on the bit that we're afraid other people are seeing and i think you know you're more than that you're not defined by what your teeth look like you're not defined i mean mine aren't perfect but you know you're not defined by that and you should be defined on your better traits like bravery courage the courage to send that in and also don't let anxiety dictate your life they're what ifs aren't they what if people see me what if the dentist sees me what if i feel more anxious because people are near my vulnerable points what if people shun me push me away judge me for all this and that's okay if someone does judge you for that then they're hardly worth knowing are they you know i, I that's what i say to people and when i work with clients my practice like why are you trying to impress them? You know, if you want to impress the shallow people, that's fine. Or you can, you know, so anyway, to reiterate, go with the risk, be kind to yourself, keep that compassion and realize that actually the anxiety is probably blowing it way out of proportion. Be brave, be courageous. You can do it and appreciate that letter. And she's obviously very good at her job, isn't she? She mm. loves her job being a social worker. There's a lot of positives there, but as you both seen she's focusing on the negative that she sees mm. so yeah thank you be kind is what i'm yeah. hearing from both of you to yourself 
can't be defined by your looks, can you? No. There's got to be more to everyone than your looks. Yeah. Coming up next, we have a young man who is struggling with the volatility that we've lived through in recent times. Plus, we question whether you should stay with someone if they say hurtful things to you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It's time now to take a look at our next listener letter, which addresses a worrying emotion called permafear. This is an overwhelming feeling of constant uneasiness. Dear Deirdre, I've always been an anxious person, but more recently I feel like it's one panic attack after another. The last few years have brought nothing but doom. First, there were the constant family arguments about Brexit, My brother and sister had huge fallouts and our family is still smarting from the nasty insults they both hurled at one another. Second came the pandemic, which turned all our worlds upside down. Now Covid hasn't even finished with us and it feels like World War III could happen at any moment. I'm a 28-year-old man and I'm having real trouble staying calm. I can't sleep, my work's being affected, I'm snapping at my girlfriend all the time. I can't seem to get any respite from these dark thoughts I'm having. Please help. That's a a letter that resonates with so many people. I saw something that said, um, when this period of time in history is going to be covered, the classes are going to be like, WTF? Because what on earth was going on? (laughs) It feels like one huge thing after another. Yeah. I was having this conversation the other day, and I said, I just, I feel like I've, I've lost my mojo. I feel like everything's just a bit rubbish at the minute. And she said, you're not alone. There are so many people Mm. that think like that. So I think I'm going to look at you, Josh, so you can answer everyone's problems, because I need to know as well. No pressure. (laughs) We're listening. Yeah. I remember throughout the pandemic, I used to get a lot of people asking me, you know, tips and hints and all these things. And the first place I'd say is, like, it's completely normal to feel anxious 
around so much uncertainty. There are things that are happening in the world. And the key to overcoming excessive anxiety is to be able to distinguish between when the anxiety is crippling your life and seeping into your personal life, which you've been brave and honest to share. You know, I'm snapping at my partner here and it's got a bit too much. And also accepting that what is a good level of anxiety? And there's such a taboo associated with anxiety still, you know, I can go to a job interview or I can go on a first date and I'll do all these things and be anxious. And there's no taboo because everyone can relate to that. But if you're having dark thoughts and ruminating and doing all these things, then suddenly a taboo exists and you can't really, you know, go down the pub and share that with people unless you've got like a really cool friend. So it's normal because of this. Anxiety is literally a threat response. It's a part of our brain that overrides our thinking brain when it feels we're in danger. Super helpful for our ancestors, you know, if Pride Alliance are going to come attack me. I have a mechanism, we all do, have a mechanism in our brain, which is the threat response, which makes us doubt. So when we doubt, we give something our attention. I'm doubting. Was there a rustle in the bush there? Oh, yeah. That doubt response made me look at the bush. Is a bear going to come out of that cave and kill me? Well, that doubt response is going to make me fixate on it. And it's the most powerful response we have. It makes us the number one predators in the world, top of the food chain. Because we doubt, we anticipate stuff. So we can hunt all these scary animals, not that you should, but you know, and do all these things because that's what our ancestors did. Now, obviously now, if you're sat in your apartment trying to chill out and watch some TV, that's the very same mechanism. It's never evolved, takes over, except the threat is not lions, tigers, cheetahs, and the Serengeti. The threat is subjective things. So it could be things, threats to our self-esteem threats to uh, in conflict, arguing family members, threats of rejection, but also real tangible threats. So things like COVID is a threat. Conflict across the continent is an actual threat. And being in abusive relationships is an actual threat. The brain remembers this. Mm. And so what it will do is that it will try, just like it helped our ancestors, to warn you just in case there's a threat. Now here's where you can help yourself. That threat response will turn off when you behave like the probability is in your favor. So I hear a lot of, uh, one of the things I hear, yeah, but COVID's a real thing, I need to, yeah. But also, weigh at the probability of each situation. If you're constantly ruminating, scanning, exploring what ifs, living out scenarios, which I know we all do, you know, living out worst case scenarios and catastrophes in your mind, employing safety behaviors, and acting as if it was happening, what you're doing is you're thanking that threat response. You know, it's a bit like when I was explaining before about panic attacks. I'd avoid stuff just in case I had a panic attack. Well, I'm just teaching my threat response that that's, that's important. So learn about anxiety would be my advice. Learn about how it exists. It's okay. Sean says, it's okay. Absolutely, you're not, you're, you're not alone in that, but there's so many people going through it. And I know I, I, I hear a lot of the stories. What I'd also say is like, You've acknowledged it. Well done for owning it. Seek some counseling in particular. I like things like cognitive behavioral counseling or even person-centered counseling. There's different modalities, but chat to a therapist, have an outlet that isn't being frustrated at your partner and start to learn about it. But take some pressure off. Loads of people see anxiety as an illness. It's like, no, as soon as you start resisting anxiety, it's just going to thrive. Just be like, all right, I'm anxious. There's stuff to be anxious about. Mm. But... I'm gonna like realize that this excessive stuff I can work with. Mm. Yeah, there's that acknowledgement, isn't there, that that we are dealing with, you know, quite a threatening, stressful time, mm. but it's learning how you can trim back on your own anxiety 
by actually leaning into it, learning about it, and yeah. as you said, an outlet. It boundaries as well. Mm. Like you don't need to fixate on the news all day. Yeah. You don't need to constantly placate people or seek reassurance constantly. You're allowed to just have those boundaries. So important. Yeah. Mm. I'm definitely struggling with that at the minute because I almost feel like it's my duty to know what's going on. So I haven't had anything but the news on telly. Yeah. If it's not the news, I'm watching documentaries because not only do I want to be informed, I want to be aware of what's going on. We, we can't physically help people that are in conflict. So I want to know what's going on. I feel like it's the least I can do, but it's all consuming. Yeah. And then you're on social media and everyone's arguing about it and everyone on Twitter is a expert in all of these geopolitical problems. I had the biggest snap at my partner in March. It was when the whole thing was going on with Sarah Everard. And again, I had the news, con we were still in lockdown, but I had the news constantly on. I was watching the vigils, I felt helpless. And I was being really horrible to him as it was, but he said something, I just snapped at him. And he said to me, it's cause you've got the news on constantly. And it, it was only then when I was like, you're right. You take in everyone's emotions that you're yeah. watching. Yeah. And you need to just limit yourself. Yeah. Why did you feel the need to kind of keep it on all the time? Just in case I miss something. Oh. I think in the advent of 24 seven news, oh. it's something that a lot yeah. of people get into that trap and there is no problem with limiting yourself to a morning bulletin mm -hmm. and then maybe a lunchtime one if you struggle yeah. especially if you struggle to get to sleep I'd say yeah but yeah it's about that self-regulation and when you're on Twitter mm -hmm. then that can become really addictive really mm -hmm. quickly can't it yeah so limit that as well just yeah. a morning check lunchtime check done just got to remember that anxiety is a threat response. Yeah. Do you think taking all of that information in constantly mm -hmm. is calming that threat response? Or do you think it's keeping it hyper alert mm. and it will keep it hyper alert? Especially everyone's mm. differing opinions. Oh. Your threat responses <laughs> must be, you must have a threat response to all of the threat responses. Yes, you definitely do because we do. And our, and our threat response is deeply attuned to other humans mm. challenging us. Again, mm. going back to ancestors, mm. going back to tribal wars thousands of years ago deeply attuned to be offended and, and attack and defend mm. and social kind of, rejection i have a huge and... boundary when it comes to twitter and really Gosh, that, that <laughs> it's good it. <laughs> yeah it is really yeah right let's take a listen to our final letter which comes from a young woman who has experienced a huge loss of self-esteem stemming from her boyfriend's constant put downs Dear Deirdre, my partner won't show photographs of me on his social media pages because I'm fat. I know that's what it is because he's constantly saying to me, you've let yourself go. He used to be proud of me, but now he's totally self-obsessed and is constantly worried about what others think of him. I don't have particularly good self-esteem and know I look a state. I panic when I have to go out anywhere and I'm convinced everyone is laughing at me. I'd love to join a gym, but the thought of everyone looking at my body makes my stomach churn. He's never wrong. It's always me, whatever the argument. We split up for a while because our sex life dried up. I'd lost my libido, but my partner said it was because of my weight gain. He has said he doesn't want to be with a fat girl, as it spoils his image. He's blocked me on his social media. I don't know what he's up to. He might be talking to other girls. 
I worry he will leave me and find someone else better looking, someone who deserves to be with him. He's 30 and I'm 23. I love him. It's a really sorry letter, isn't it? She feels so low about herself. Shauna, what are your initial thoughts? Ignited multiple fires within me. I think that the last sentence of that letter should have been the opening one because he is just challenged by you. You're 23. You sound like you know right from wrong and you know what's true within you because he's always right. So he's he's trying to put out that fire within you, which he sounds like he's doing a pretty good job doing it. I mean, the only advice I can give is you literally need to leave him because he's toxic. He's bad for you. He doesn't need to be proud of you. He's not your father. No, you don't need any other man in your life to be proud of you. And I feel like in a relationship, it's image kind of evaporates after maybe a month of dating. After that, you don't really see him. I mean, me and my partner, I'm with him because I I love him and I I like who he is as a person. I don't care what he looks like anymore. Mm. That might have been the first attraction. Yeah. To be worried about him finding someone better to use your advice. There is no one better than you and you're better than no one. I am a firm believer of once you've broken up from someone, don't worry a single thing about what they do with any other partner just as they shouldn't worry about what you do with with any partner that you then go on to to be with but ultimately you will not be happy until you leave him he's never going to bring you happiness you will never be quote unquote good enough him that's absolutely not the problem but he will never change so you need to change your circumstances and Mm. i think once you do that you will just realize i think all of the color in the world will come back to your life and you'll just wish that you'd done it sooner. But I promise you that is the the one and only step that will fix this problem. I love that quote, all the colour will come back to your life. Mm. Yeah, that's lovely way of putting it. (laughs) Joshua, with somebody like this, is it a case where the relationship, which clearly isn't very kind or supportive, is making her self-esteem bottom out or is that a pre-existing issue that he's just exacerbating he's making it worse first of all I'd, if i heard that in my practice i'd mm. be very blunt and say you're in an abusive relationship mm. Um, mm. it's emotionally abusive so clearly emotionally abusive mm. um but i'm also i also understand that we can become infatuated now i don't know you and i don't know your partner but there's many red flags there and i mm. would be encouraging a client if they could to not be part of that. I am hearing elements of infatuation from it though. And people are infatuated when they gain all of their worth and self-esteem through the eyes of someone else as opposed to them. So it sounds like you're getting a lot of your happiness Mm -hmm. and measuring a lot of your happiness on the conditions that he set out for you. Sounds like a dick, to be honest. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is that my ex? Are you with my ex? <laughs> sounds like a, but what what you've got here is um is you've got someone who's incredibly insecure in themselves, not mm-hmm. you. Mm. And th- there's something in the world of humanistic psychology called conditions of worth, and it's terminology deriving from Carl Rogers, who's a a guy from America who died in the 70s, I think. And I did a lot of studying on him. And he conjured the the term unconditional positive regard. And you know you're in a healthy relationship when both of you treat each other with unconditional positive regard. Don't get me wrong, you're not going to be perfect. 
you know, I think my partner absolutely laid into me the other day for <laughs> doing stuff. Although I probably deserved to be there. But yeah, it sounds like that he's ransoming his approval by you meeting his very shallow, unreasonable conditions. And he's doing it through bullying as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got a choice here. And I feel really, really happy that you've reached out and messaged because that takes bravery and courage. But also, this is where I encourage people to kind of hold on and develop their own autonomy. You have a choice here. Now you can choose to keep wondering if he'll unblock you, trying to find out where he is, seeing who he's dating, and kind of constantly ruminating and being part of that world where you're desperately wanting that approval from him. Or you can be the judge and jury of your own self-esteem. It doesn't matter what you look like. I don't even tell, I don't even bother going down there. It does not matter what you look like. Shona will agree. It does not matter what you look like. And it's not for him to decide. And if anyone ever says that the problems of a, of a relationship hinge entirely on how you look, just take that as a lesson, as a red flag going forward. Mm-hmm. You're young. You'll have plenty of time to meet someone who will give you the respect that you deserve. Mm-hmm. Can Thank I just? You. I've got way more feelings that I've just conjured out <laughs> that I need to get out now. Please. So, I would also say that you need to be around people that will give you love and comfort and protection because I feel like this guy has so much control over you that when you do eventually release yourself from it, he is not going to know what to do and he is going to be all systems go trying to tell you that who are you going to find when you leave him and your whole life is going to be rubbish without him. Don't believe it. I'm literally telling you what he's going to say because he is going to say these things. That's how pathetic he is. I can guarantee you now that you could lose weight or put on weight, whatever it is. You could cut your hair. You could go and have all of the cosmetic surgery in the world. He will still not think that you are good enough for him because you are not the problem. He is the problem. And abuse doesn't have to be physical. And this is so abusive. I was in a relationship like this when I was 23. When I look back now, I feel like that I was still so young. I'm nearly 30 now. And to think of a 30-year-old man doing this to a 23-year-old woman, it's, it's just horrendous. But you are way stronger than he will ever be. And just make sure that when you do leave him which i really really hope you do just make sure that you have friends and family around you just make sure that you are rid of him as soon as possible Mm. and also don't let him weaponize guilt every abuser weaponizes guilt Mm -hmm. and that's that's one piece of advice to anyone listening if you feel guilty because their happiness rests on unreasonable requests then they've weaponized guilt. It doesn't matter what you look like, I bet you're beautiful, it doesn't matter. And also it's easier for an abuser's mind to project their entire problems on trying to manipulate someone else as opposed to acknowledging their own problems and trying to work on themselves. Yeah, and I'm hearing loud and clear from both of you that this young woman will start to feel better once she gets out of the abusive relationship, yes. then yep. she can start to build herself up. Yeah. She'll, you'll initially feel a bit lost um, mm-hmm. and anxious and a bit depressed because you've been in a habit of trying to get your esteem yeah. mm-hmm. from the wrong source. And again, if you go to a counsellor, there's many domestic abuse charities. Now, this is where at the point where people say, yeah, but listen, you know, I wasn't being hit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Emotional abuse is just as hurtful as physical abuse 
just go in and don't tell them everything you don't have to just say i need some support and mm. they're excellent they're yeah. absolutely brilliant yeah. and and you do deserve it there'll be maybe a voice inside that says oh no maybe someone else is more desperate for me no just honestly it'll be one of the best thing decisions you make yeah women's aid are fantastic and they have a survey on their website where even if you don't think you're being abused you can do it's actually a questionnaire you go through the questionnaire and it will tell you if you know it can be financial control yeah. emotional control coercive control yeah it's not the stereotypical somebody punching you in the face mm. not always abuse takes many shapes mm. yeah i also want to say as well i really struggled when i left my relationship that he didn't fight for me he didn't want to try and win me back mm. because i knew how big of a step that was a colossal step for me to make yeah why on earth are you not fighting to have me back because i will come back if you fight for me back and i really struggled with that and i would constantly be like why, why don't you why are you not fighting for me he probably won't fight for you that's fine because he's entitled to do whatever he wants with his life as you are and i just want you to know how amazing life is on this other side i know right now it doesn't seem like it but it really is oh the lemonade album by beyonce really helped <laughs> i love that <laughs> that is an awesome album it really is yeah gets you back in the groove <laughs> thank you it's been an absolute pleasure having you both here and it has just flown by the time as a sort of summing up question i wanted to ask both of you if you could give one piece of advice to anybody who's listening who's having a really difficult time struggling for any number of reasons what would that piece of advice be and I think if I was going to say mine it would be just hold the tiller and the storm will pass mm, yeah I think mine would be even your worst days have only 24 hours and a bad day doesn't mean a bad life yeah. It can be hard to kind of be all consumed by the doom and gloom, but wake up the next day, have a deep breath and go again. Yeah, reset. Yeah. Thank you. And Josh? Mine would be, uh, you're not defined by your ability to repress or hide emotions. It's not weakness. It's something called emotional conservatism that I like to challenge. And next time you want to feel an emotion and you let yourself do that, yourself pat on the back and you know to actually you're brave you're courageous and something that changed my life and hopefully it can help you with yours thank you both very much thank you Sam. thank you for having me thanks so much to you for listening and to josh fletcher and shauna phillips for being such great company and sharing their words of advice on well-being we've covered the importance of knowing your own worth squashed worries surrounding body insecurities and hopefully equipped you with some of our best loved tools to navigate and manage anxiety. If you're struggling with a problem and feel like you need some advice, the Dear Deirdre team is here to help. Just send your problems to deardeirdre at the-sun.co.uk And remember, you can read Dear Deirdre every day at thesun.co.uk forward slash dear-deirdre or by picking up a copy of The Sun. Our advice page is packed full of support and extra resources which can help you with your own challenges. Before you go, don't forget to click follow so you never miss an episode. And if you have a spare moment, maybe you could give us a rating and leave us a review. This boost of appreciation all helps so that other people who are seeking advice can find us on their podcast app. 
I'll be back next week for another episode of Answering Your Dilemmas. But for now, I'm Sally Land, and this has been Dear Deirdre. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.